Oh, wow, boys. It's just been a, a rough couple of weeks, I guess. I mean, we, you know, we haven't really seen each other in a long time, man. Hold on. Excuse me? Why am I getting a knock at this hour? Uh, guys, I'll, I gotta take this. I'll be right back, okay? Oh, this intro is using Hello? sound bites. Oh. Who's that? Ah! Hello, boys. It's me, David Byrne. From the Talking Heads. How are you guys? Oh my god, David Burr from the famous Talking Heads? Yeah. What are you guys up to here? What is this? You're a special guest this week. What am I guesting on? What is this? Ah! Oh. Sorry, that's just a tick. Oh, I'm going to you know, enjoy a nice, delicious Coca-Cola right now. He's not making much sense. Right. Ah, do you guys know Colum uh, uh, Coca-Cola hired death squads in Colombia? To the 60s up into the 2000s? Oh, that's very interesting. Oh! <laughs> Fucking lizard. Okay, guys, I gotta get going now. Uh, I I should probably wake up your friend. I kind of knocked him out here. Okay, yeah, He'll be okay. I'm trying to think of uh, talking head puns, and I can't think of any. <laughs> Welcome. Mine was pretty poor. No, yours. yours no, was that good. was pretty good. I was knocked out, and even I heard that, and I was like, "That was good." That he should have just stopped <laughs> nice. right there. <laughs> Well, welcome to our podcast. It's Film Class Heroes. We're back with another episode, and we had David Byrne for a moment, but this is John. I'm still here. Who else is here? Turner, of course. And this is Cody again. Hi, everybody. It's been a little while. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yes. I'm chilling. Uh, well, I had COVID, so. Oh, ew. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. I've been stuck in bed for you know, week and a half and uh, rotting away and, and watching movies and playing Zelda. So, Well, that actually sounds kind of nice. <laughs> it was for a little bit, actually. Now, that I'm, I'm complaining, but, like, it was nice. Any good oh. movies? Yeah. Uh, I actually watched a couple. Uh, let me see if I could pull them up. Last night, I watched Paper Moon for the first time. Absolutely oh. love that. Oh, it was I so like nice. I've been stalking your letterbox recently. I'll admit it. <laughs> I, 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 I went, I saw one of your reviews the other day and I just went on it and I like went through your most recent ones and <laughs> I like diffuse. So and if you got my, a 2 a.m. notification, it was all me. my, all my watch list editions of people telling me what to watch. Hell yeah. Um, I watched uh, Tampopo for the first time. That was oh, excellent. Oh. I love that. It made me really I want to watch Robin. that. The spaghetti western, literally. <laughs> literally um uh i watched x finally i loved x i loved it way more than i thought i was going to uh and then the departed and i loved the departed a lot hey the departed. I, I actually watched uh i watched shay part one and part two. Ooh, which was a shay uh, part one and two. It's a Steven Soderbergh film about Che Guevara, and it each film deals with a certain military campaign. Part one is the Cuban, like the Cuban Revolution, and part two is his campaign in Bolivia, which he eventually would be killed at the end of. Okay, spoilers, and, I guess, for real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah spoilers for real life, <laughs> but. Uh, and 
it was really amazing. The first one is like, like very kind of more grand and myth making, e, and and then the second part is like super grounded and like you're really like in the guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. And Sean, those red cameras. I think it's Sean the same camera that my son, my son, what have you done? Oh, oh which, wow. which, which I, <laughs> which I, I love the look of them. And they doesn't look the same, but it looks great. Interesting. Um, I mean, I haven't really watched much. I'm actually in Connecticut. I'm in a hotel room right now recording this. Uh-huh. Um, I am exhausted, and I tried. <laughs> I don't drink Monster, and oh, I'm gosh. really tired. So I just tried a Monster, and it is disgusting. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so like I hate it. But I need someone to wake me up because I'm I'm pretty beat. And um, I did actually. Speaking of things that we watched, um, I've been going through. It's around October now, so it's about the time where all the movies that I haven't seen from this year yet that came out, I'm trying to binge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did just watch Theater Camp, which I thought was good. Um, I actually like that quite a bit. And that new Brian Duffield Hulu movie came out last night. Um, no one will save you and i watched it and i thought it was really bad so maybe we could talk about that because i think you guys would actually like it (laughs) okay (laughs) i did not so but definitely uh look into it but it was uh it was not good is that a superhero one no it's like a home invasion movie but if the home invaders were aliens ah yeah with um the book smart girl what's her name uh caitlin dever caitlin dever shouts out yeah. Hey, movies, movies, movies. We all watched another movie, but let's do a little bit of movie news first. Um, great transition, great save. Yeah, that was good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, we had a lot of trailers, so we don't really need to talk about them, but I want to bring them up. Um. Especially, we had a new FNAF trailer. Did any of you watch it? I think I saw it. It's I so think it, it was before the bot before I watched Bottoms. <laughs> really? That's yeah. awesome. Is is this the one with the spring trap at the end? Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> fuck yes. What do you what do you feel about it? Are you, are you guys excited for our conversation? Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I'll say only the oh, uh, the, the, so the those first <laughs> three Five Nights at Freddy's games. That that lore is really only one I care about. And the fact that he's is in the lore this and... even like continuous at this point, or is it just like kind of BSing? I don't whole... even know. Like, I, I don't care. I haven't kept up to date with it since maybe like 2014. <laughs> it's it's so convoluted and stupid at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to make fun of it, and um, I don't believe this is true anymore because I think I mentioned this before, but it's kind of been proven to not exist it was told that it was going to be three hours i don't think that's the truth anymore (laughs) um so good good there but yeah, because i don't know how you're gonna make a bunch of 14 year olds watch a three-hour movie and not have like a tiktok thing on the side or something it's a baby (laughs) there's no way (laughs) it's made for the babies so they have to have a short attention span so they got to make it quick and snappy. And it's um, also Blumhouse. Like, what's the longest Blumhouse movie ever made? Like, an hour, 40 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a grand epic. Yeah. 
I'm sure there'll be many sequels though, because it's gonna make a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure. I'm really I'm I'm still holding out for the Minecraft. Oh, with Jason movie, Momoa? Which is yeah, it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the video game movie that's been production hell that I want the most. Well, speaking of Jason Momoa and production hell, we got an Aquaman 2 trailer. <laughs> oh, I knew it was happening. Uh-huh. The trailer released. It's uh, a lot. A lot of movie. It's very weird. It does not look like... Uh... It kind of looks like it's trying, like, I mean, the first one was trying really hard, but in kind of a cute way. This one just looks like it's trying really hard to have a story that works, and, and it, it's, no. <laughs> mm. It looks really bad. Who's directing it? James Bond. It is? It's still James Bond? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's my only hope be- for it. Because yeah, he... I, I was like, I can't accept that would be terrible yet. Yeah, I mean, whether or not, like, like say what you want about the writing he knows how to make movies look really good and mm-hmm. they have a sense of style. That's really fun. Um, I think it's the reason the first Aquaman was successful. It wasn't a good movie, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. It just, it looks more of the same and it'll be another fun one to make fun of. Oh. I hate this. This thing's gross. Um, uh, more people that have a cool sense of style but don't really make great movies new Zack Schneider two-parter for Netflix trailer number one released and the trailer was five minutes long for oh a part one God. of a movie <laughs> is this is this the rebel moon one yes it is okay I have no interest in this but Me I will neither. be watching it. <laughs> rebel moon what is it exactly I'm not familiar it's it's well it's I, if I'm the Lord. I might be mistaken, but I do believe that this is an original Zack Schneider written and directed project. So it's a, it's a space epic. It's in the vein of. But Star it's not Wars, based apparently. off of anything, right? No, 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 no. no. It's an it's an original space fantasy. It's his essentially edgy adult version of Star Wars. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it should be bad. <laughs> I don't like Zack Snyder. That that worries me. <laughs> we'll I see. Think, I think I'm, Zack Snyder. Go ahead. I am Zack Snyder positive. I'm not like a lover of him, but I'm positive. Well, to me, it's the same him. as saying you're like HIV positive. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> I feel like this is real. <laughs> I don't know. The man knows You're how to make hater. things look pretty sometimes when it's not caked in obscene amounts of CGI. But I don't know. That's fine. But um, there's not much more like trailers, but just like in regards to small news, um, there's been a lot of talk recently about how I don't know why this is still being made, but there's a Bright Burn 2 that's supposed to be coming Ugh. out and it's going to be the first like completely written by ai movie apparently jesus christ yeah I, it's <laughs> I, one i don't yeah, know why I there's a sequel right. two why are we doing this whole ai thing i don't know what uh i think that's a perfect movie to give that task yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically already written by ai Wait, didn't James Gunn produce that one? <laughs> I think so. Oh, Cody, you look like James Gunn right now. 
And um, yeah, I mean, that's really it for movie news. Uh, other than that, maybe one more thing. Uh, we all know that Dune Part 2 got pushed back. So no more Dune this year. Wait, but... did it? I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah, no. pushed back to March of next year. Uh, yep, no more. There is one more little tidbit of movie no- news oh, just yay. recently announced for the December slate of Criterion releases was Pinocchio. Uh, no way. No way. Uh, yes, thanks for doing that. That was great. <laughs> our, favorite, uh, our favorite wooden boy. Hell yeah. Is getting a Criterion release with like do- like documentaries, interviews, and commentary tracks and the works. Interesting. So, you know, I like I love Criterion, but I never really thought about, you know, what goes into like picking the movies that they choose for Criterion. Do you know what the criteria is for that? Not really. It's like they, I'm assuming it's like a group of people that are just like, yeah. oh, this is a special movie. This deserves to be in here. Yeah, kinda, pretty much. They try and like focus on classics. It's all very nebulous and like kind of just kind of funny that they're giving the Del Toro the... version a criterion and not the original. If you're considering things classics, this is kind of funny. True, it is. It does say on the back of them uh, a collection of contemporary and classic films. Interesting. So. It is it is in the fine print that they they do a lot of modern stuff. Criterion came in clutch this week because uh, your uh, Cody your recommendation I purchased on Criterion to watch this week, and that copy was beautiful. But we'll get into that later. Um, good job, Criterion. You guys are killing it. Good job, Criterion. For real, yeah. always doing a great job. I got, I got burp coming before we start the next thing. Oh, come on. Ew. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is the month. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So we saw a movie in theaters. Cody, did you you saw it in theaters, right? What? You saw Bottoms in theaters, right? I did. I did. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we saw a movie in theaters. Uh, we saw Bottoms, and uh, we want to talk about it. You, you're doing real good. You're doing real good with these intros. I'm doing terrible today, <laughs> sir. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to wake up with this monster. No, see, we have I'm in to a hotel have... room. This is like a chiller episode now. Yeah. Yeah, after yeah. the excitement <laughs> of our guests. Yeah, okay. How... We'll hang. We'll hang. How, how, how long did that episode end up being, by the way? Uh, hour. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. I think it was an hour 50. That's um... great. Pretty good. I that like must that. Be See, our that's, longer, the, that's the length that I like. Longest it. one. No, we had a we had a two hour episode once. Oh really? Um, it was an hour fifty one. So yeah. Wow. Damn. Yes. Um. Yeah. Good episode. If you haven't watched it, go listen to it. It was really cool. We had a cool person on. Um. But yeah, we saw yeah, Bottoms, the new um Emma. I'm gonna spoil her, not spoil, butcher her name. Um. Is it is it Sel- Siegelman? Seligman, I think. Seligman. 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 Yeah. Um, it's kind of popping off in theaters right now, and people are really loving it. And we figured we'd talk about it and see it. Um, yeah. So, what did you guys think about it? it? A banger, banger film. <laughs> honestly, truly a banger. 
It had thought this, it was okay. I thought it paired kind of nicely with the recommendation with true stories. Really? Why? Yeah. Because I, well, I guess the over-exaggerated nature of things? Yeah, that. It also just, it felt pretty, like, it didn't have any malice. Like, people say really? true stories, uh, not not any malice. And I have this criticisms and this movie is it's it's a little different, but I think it does toe that line of between satire and like affection a lot with the no. with its like campy nature. Like the guys and their they're always yes. in their well that <laughs> was my favorite uniforms. part of the whole thing. I really liked the football players. I, I thought that satire was just on the nose enough that it really worked for me. And I thought it was really funny. Everything else I thought was fine, but there are moments where the satire became a little much for me. I was really digging it the first, maybe like 40 minutes, I guess spoilers for bottoms, by the way, I was really digging it um, up until about after when they blew up Jeff's car, um, which I really liked. But everything after that moment, it was kind of like a turning point for me where it just kind of like it was fine and it wasn't really doing anything wrong. But there wasn't much really like keeping me there because I really don't. One of my big pet peeves in movies, especially movies like this, is you have the two main best friend characters. So, you know, something's obviously going to happen. They're going to go apart for a little while and they're going to come mm -hmm. back together and it's going to be fine. And in a movie like this, like I understand they're trying to make a satire of it but there were a lot of moments in this where i felt the line between satire and just kind of cliche screenwriting was pretty blurred <laughs> i don't know if you guys felt the same way i just it didn't entirely work for me but it was mostly fine um so i liked this movie a lot uh, have you guys seen Emma Seelig's previous movie, Shiva Baby? No. Okay, I really want mm -hmm. to. I've only seen 30 minutes of it, and I was watching it, and I guess I was in a weird mood, but it made me so, like, it it hit me in a weird, like, uncut gems Oh, no, yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. the point. I love it. I love but it. But it really, like, affected me in the time that I was watching, and I got, like, 30 minutes into it, and I turned it off, and I never put it back on. That's, so I do want to finish it. And I guess that's, that's a good uh, thing. <laughs> that, that's on my uh, movies that come out of the screen and grab me by the throat list. Yeah, it was very like that, which was very good. Um, but I can't give much input because I haven't finished it. But I was really enjoying it. Um, I just I I think that that movie is such a a perfectly like like crafted kind of thought out meticulous kind of movie. Whereas this one, I feel like. There's there's a lot of factors in it that I feel like kind of worked against it. The fact that everyone's yeah, getting a little more famous now, and and that is, is on this grander scale where they're trying to do like a super bad thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely still loved it. Um, but I'm just a little more critical of this than I was of something like mm -hmm. Shiva Baby. And it's only because I, I love the I love the cast so much. I love Rachel Sennett. I love Iowa Dabiri. I think she's she's just like this perfect. She was good, person. and it was a nice surprise to see her because I just watched Theater Camp, and she was in that too, which was cool. Yeah, and it's um, funny that I did both in the same day, <laughs> and I didn't uh, expect it. <laughs> Ra Rachel and Io actually have been doing a bunch of stuff together for a long time, and they they had a Comedy Central mini series on on YouTube. I think they've been doing skits and sketches together for a long time, and I love I love their comedy. I love their dynamic. 
I think I liked a lot of that stuff more just because it, it, it was less of a grand scale than this. They worked very well off each other. Continue, sorry. I'm just throwing input. Um, they, I, I love their dynamic. I love their their friendship with uh, Hazel. And, uh, Hazel was cool. Um, I really, like, I, I loved the football players. I think they were really funny. I loved a lot of, like, the commentary it was giving. I'm just a lot more critical of it than I thought it was going to be. Which, I mean, I guess is good, just because I do care about these filmmakers and, and their growth, so. Yeah, I, I have seen Shiva Baby, too, and I I probably do like that film probably a little more than this this one, for sure. And but this film definitely feels like like you're saying, like it's like a, it's a more commercial direction. She's yeah, it, going it, with it. It felt very some parts I could it, kind of tell were maybe shot during COVID or maybe like on, you know, restricted background. Some parts I could be like, yeah. oh, it 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 didn't have that like directorial kind of. Well, appeal, from what I've seen from her, this movie and it's Shiva baby, right? Is yes. that how you say it? Um from what I've seen of that movie and now watching this whole thing, I think she's a very talented director and writer. Um, and I see a lot of potential with her. Um, and I think her direction is the main thing that's been keeping both these products afloat for me, especially this one. Um, it is very tightly knit in a, in a very good way. Um, mm -hmm. She, I, she, she's very just commanding of um, the topic she's trying to get across and, how she presents it. And I think that's really cool. I do agree that yeah. even though I've only seen a half hour of Shiva baby, I, I liked it more. <laughs> and, and I, and as you said, she has like, I think her movies look great. Yeah. Both of them mm -hmm. too. And they, they all, they like each of them have like a distinct visual style mm -hmm. to me. And I do like, I, um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just finally remembered that the thing I want. I just wanted to say say earlier with it, it almost like the tropes and stuff. At least when I would notice them, it's like kind of almost in this like weird like post ironic and like way of engaging with it, which is like a like a popular kind of like 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 half dedicating to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, like it, it just it blurred like... the line for me whether or not it was satire or it was just not entirely well written. <laughs> right. And I think I, liked I, it, it's, I think it, it was a, a lot of the times when I feel like she's trying. It's tr like more like trying to capture a vibe of like a certain like high school movie, like. Um, I it's not a movie, but this kind of felt like when I, when I was watching at points, it sometimes felt like a Euphoria spoof. <laughs> I love I love the Euphoria spoof you know, comparison. Like, like, and and it would like you know making fun of it and. It Sorry, does... that's where my <laughs> no. It, Wait, it, it, it how do you does... say her name, Cody? Seligman. No, the the the, Io, the other... Yeah, she has a letterbox. <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, continue. So I just, does I'm Rachel, on it right so now. So does Rachel Senate, but she won't. Share I know, but I don't know what it is. She is it just won't Rachel? Share it. I don't think she. She. She's. It's they all do because I saw Letterbox posted their um the video of them talking about their yeah. top fours, and they were all like, "Oh, I have Letterbox, but we're not telling you what it is." <laughs> but continue. Um, it is. It is very campy and very uh, rec- kind of reclaiming, but also a love letter to like super bad and a lot of those early two thousands teen comedies, and I love that. Well, happy I, it, you guys it, saw it, it that way. Well, it does add something new. I think it does add a new perspective because it's about lesbians and because it's about. I I wish the Fight Club part of it was more, uh, prevalent. I think the, I think the main goal of them just trying to get laid, like you know, I mean, I guess that's the main goal. But I I feel like, um, it kind of gets lost in that plot a little bit and, like, kind of loses some of the the things it sets up. Um, yeah. I agree, but I do like um, how brutal it is. You I know love, when yeah, I love when the, those scenes are the there. It's like oh damn! Like when uh when Hazel gets like kicked in the face by that big dude. <laughs> it's like oh and I thought damn! That was, I really I think Emma Seligman should do like some action or something. I really want to see mm. it. Yeah. Like, I like that level of satire, though. I like how they're all at the pep rally and how, you know, the the wrestling dude comes out in a cage in, like, a Speedo and everyone's like, hell yeah. Like, I like that. I understand the satire that they're making with, you know, high school and all that kind of stuff. That stuff really works for me. That, all the football player stuff, and, like, I like it. It just, it really does kind of get lost in itself for me, and it, it makes it hard to tell where the satire ends and where faulty screenwriting begins but i do like the movie and i think it definitely hits more than it misses but it is kind of very overhyped i think i mean it's standing as one of the highest rated films on letterbox right now that's crazy to me yeah that's like wild. i don't agree <laughs> I, I i can't help but feel that a lot of that is just um and not in a bad way but it's representation and a lot of what the movie is saying and and that's fine i'm just trying to judge it as a piece of cinema you know <laughs> okay um so fun little quick story while i was watching bottom so i saw it with Alyssa, and um halfway through it i <laughs> um i went to do like the the yawn and arm around type thing mm. and i lifted my arm and i punched her right in the eye with my elbow. <laughs> oh <laughs> so it's just funny because she was like damn are you that into the movie i was like what do you mean she's like you just punched my <laughs> which is really funny um but that led to her actually asking us a question for the podcast so she has a question for us um she wants to know that if we could replace one character from the Bottoms movie with a character from Fight Club, who would you pick and why? What was... What? I want to replace, even though I love Marshawn Lynch, Mr. G, I want to replace him with Brad Pitt. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, so I was just... Uh, I was curious. I wanted to ask you guys about that. So... In my theater, when that teacher showed up, everybody lost it. Who is that? I, I don't know who that is. He's a football player, I believe. He oh, he, he okay. was a football player, and now he's I believe he's made the move to acting. I see. Um, and uh, he was in, uh, you know that show Murderville on Netflix? No. With um, Job Bluth? 
No. Uh, Should it's I? The one, it's like it's like the it's an improv murder mystery show. Okay. But it has a bunch of guest stars, and he was what guest star on it. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I had no clue who he was, and my whole audience, anytime he did anything, was laughing, and I was just very confused. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts about bottoms? Uh. I just think it's real solid. I, it was really funny. Like, I was laughing, like, consistently at the jokes. Mm. I think I read somewhere that, that there's a lot of improv in this, and I think that comes across. Yeah, I th- in a good way. Yeah, I think you can tell they're having fun. Like, uh, honestly, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, sometimes, like, it's goofing good off. in a room. Mm-hmm. And I like that even though it's not – I think it gets neglected at one point. But the whole, like, final thing with them them getting their comeuppance with, with their real intentions being shown and, and, like, splayed out in front of everyone for the whole school and them having – I like the way that's all dealt with. I really think that's, like – some nice pe- like writing yeah it's there. it's very it's it's very um purposeful and for a movie that's very like over the top and and uh you know movie like mm-hmm. I, I do think this it's like pretty realistic yeah i mean at my pep rallies i also had a big dude just beat up a woman <laughs> in the of it and everybody <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I really liked Jeff. Jeff won me over, kind of killed it. I thought he was the best in the movie. Um, And yeah, it was fine. It made me want to watch Shiva Baby. So I'll probably go do that. Six out of ten. (laughs) Eight out of ten. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. How much? What was that? Seven. 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 You are a little low, Cody. Wait, I'm low in my score, or I'm low in my audio? In your audio. Oh, in your your audio. (laughs) You're low. low. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you are. You should have it. You should rate it an eight. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna bring it back up to a ten. Sorry, guys. No. Yes. (laughs) We need authenticity. Um. All right. Yeah. So, Cody, you wanted to talk about two movies this week. Um, the first one being. Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert film. So would you like to segue into that and what we could talk about? Uh, should I segue into it or should I? I guess I'll... I'll uh, I mean, take it I away. guess I'll... Well, oh, I, 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 I figured you were telling me to like do, like segue and cut this out and do the segue. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um... I, 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 want <laughs> I have a Turner, taste I, I want to play. play. Because I'm... <laughs> I, I want you guys to start speaking more. I feel like I talk too much and everything, I'm... so I want more of you guys. So go ahead. Um. So I thought our uh, I thought our opinions really made sense, but you know what doesn't make sense? What? Sorry to steal this from you from the beginning, Turner. <laughs> um, it's called a through line. <laughs> 
Uh, Stop Making Sense. The, the, uh, Jonathan Demi directed a Talking Heads concert film, which uh, just got its, uh, what is it, 40th anniversary re-release in uh, IMAX, re-release in 4K. Um, did you guys get a chance to go see this live? No. At all? <laughs> I didn't get to go see it on No, I did not, but sadly. I want to hear you guys talk about it because I'm seeing it next week. Um, so I, I, I've seen this before, of course, but it was a few years ago. Um, and I'm waiting for its re-release, but I'm seeing it next week. So I want to hear you guys talk about it. So go ahead and take it away. Get me hyped for it. Okay. I mean, well, this it, it, it is it's one of the greatest concert films if not the greatest concert film like it's up there with martin scorsese's the last waltz give me shelter monterey pop all of it human highway (laughs) human (laughs) yeah i actually i do i i i recently bought one of his concert films I don't who, think Jonathan, he, the human highway thing. No, no, uh, Neil Young. Oh, who did who is live at Red Rocks? Did Jonathan? Well, I didn't know if you meant one? like Devo or. Oh, <laughs> right. because <laughs> oh, some of his are done by Jonathan Demi. I know. Oh, so really? Neil Young's do- yeah concert docs are by Jonathan Demi. I don't think this one is, but. Well, I haven't seen this in a long time, but I remember really being blown away by it the first time. Um, and I remember a lot of it visually and I remember it starting off with one person on the stage and ending with like 70. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but continue, you guys tell me all about it and um, get me hyped for next week. Um, I, I want to say just with, with the, the re-release, uh, it was done by, by, by a 24, uh, the, uh, the wide release we're recording this the day after the uh september 22nd which was uh more release i saw it in imax and i see first thing i thought people were going to be up and dancing and moving their bodies and i i understand why you don't want to because you paid imax prices for that mm-hmm. but it was just a little disappointing you know i thought people were going to treat it more like a, a concert but i get why i was Man, moving I'm around going in my, into my big suit so. <laughs> are you, you to big suit i am i am uh. I could not find a big suit anywhere near me, and I was I took trying one from my dad's days. Closet. Don't tell him he's on vacation. And I was, I was, I tried finding, but there was just, it was all like browns and blacks, mm-hmm. and there's nothing that like. Um, so I went in a cowboy hat and a yellow shirt, like yeah. in True Stories. Um, I thought just with the, I don't know how they upscaled it, if they used AI, if they had some kind of plugin or what. I thought the upscaling in some parts was kind of bad. I think taking this 40-year-old film and and putting, like, these digital artifacts on it, I, I for, for some parts, towards, like, the edges of the screen, it was almost like a, a vignette of blur. Interesting. Um, and a lot of the blur was, like, instead of being, like, regular blur where you would, you know, see where it's focused in, it was, like, almost kind of, like, motion smoothed or, like, blur smoothed or something. So I just wasn't a fan of the, uh, yeah, I just was not a, it might just be nitpicking just because like this is the greatest, honestly, one of the greatest movies ever made, I would say. Really? Just one of the greatest things ever put to film. Um, I gotta rewatch it. It is. um, It's just so fucking good. I, I, well, so I haven't seen the new version, but, but weren't they just, this was shot on film, right? 
I believe so. Like yeah. this was shot on thirty five millimeter. So I I assume they just scanned it in four K, like a new four K scan. And maybe they cleaned up like artifacts like scratches and dirt and stuff. But Possibly. I, I I don't know if, like like I just don't know what the process it it would surprise me if they like just did an upscale of like an old scan. Because yeah. thirty five millimeter does like you can scan it in four K. It, it it has that resolution, I think. If I'm if well, I'm was right um was true stories shot on thirty five millimeter? Mm-hmm. Because the criterion is four K and it looked fantastic. <laughs> so it can definitely be translated to a different format. <laughs> it just it just it just I have, stuck out to me. It yeah. looked a little odd to me. That's interesting. I'm gonna have That's to keep awesome. my eye out because I mean yeah, I haven't sure. seen the I haven't seen the new re release version. I just rewatched the movie. The only thing I've seen for it, I saw the forty second promo that A twenty four put out and it made me so happy. Just I I, I saw um a anniversary screening for the crow in theaters last week and they played the minute long promo for stop making sense re-release beforehand and it was david byrne like old david byrne walking into a suit shop to a dry cleaners and he was like oh i'm picking up my suit and then he gave him the suit and he put it on and he looks so cute and he was in a mirror just like dancing and it's like a24 presents and he starts jamming and then it's zoom cut to him in the concert film jamming and it just made me so happy it was so sweet it was great have you guys seen uh, any of the bands, uh, like, reunions that they've been doing for the, uh, like, they've been doing Q&As together for the first time in, you know, however many years, and they've they've been in the same room not trying to kill each other? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, yeah, the Talking Heads, like, had, uh, like, for, it, it had, like, a really bad, like, breakup as a band. I didn't know this. In, enlighten me. Yeah, oh, uh, well... I guess... So, John, you know how David Byrne's autistic? Yeah. Yeah. He just was not a good friend to them and not a good Mm. band leader. Yeah, he was very, like, controlling and... and demanding and stuff, and... I kind of get that from watching True Stories. Yes. Although I I would like to continue to live in a world where David Byrne kept making movies because I really like his style. True (laughs) Stories It does come off as very... uh, very it was his movie so that makes sense mm-hmm. there's like i mean we can save true stories discussion but there's a little tidbit i read yeah, about true stories <laughs> no you're good um uh, uh, where where david byrne like he got the script from like the people who are like credited above him and he he pretty much rewrote it completely and he asked them, "Hey, can I put still put your names before mine so it looks like less of a vanity project?" Oh God! <laughs> so he That's... like he like really like yeah. True Stories is like very, and I think it comes through and stop making sense. You know, I mean, I, you know, he's playing with people. It's a band setting, but you know, it's all very intentional and super planned out and like they played the same oh, yeah, set I remember every the choreography night. being great oh god the running mm-hmm. the part where they're yeah, running and he runs mm-hmm. around the stage i can't that that blew my mind the first time i saw it 
I mean, you're you're he got the zoomies. In my opinion, I think Talking Heads is one of the best bands, and it might not even be like. Even if you don't consider them one of the best, you have to consider them an extremely important band in musical history. And it is deserving of them to have a concert film that is ranked as one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. Um, so I would love to rewatch it. I'm excited to It'll be next week in my big suit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, keep talking if you guys want. I'm interested to hear more. I just, I think it's cool. Yeah, there's, there's one there's one key detail that so pretty much every song every version of a song that's on this live like that's on the live record for this and in the movie is better than the studio version in my opinion i love the live album for this it's so good and you know so so good i i've always loved sorry no go ahead okay um i've always loved um, there's so much awesome synth work, and it's it's so much of it is like the most memorable parts of it for me, like those <laughs> things, yeah. and and like the synth solo during um, is, I think it's bur- during burning down the house. Bum bum ba ba bum, you know, like it's all this super syncopated, and. And I never like looked in until this recent time. I never looked into who was playing keys, and it's Bernie Worrell. Bernie Worrell, baby. Oh. No wonder it's so good. Right. Favorite and, song and off the album. Oh, you cannot make me pick. I have one. What is it? I love Swamp. So I think Swamp is is one of the most improved originals because I I, re- I do love that original um, speaking in tongues version. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my mom's calling me. Give me two seconds. Hello. I'm getting him up. No problem. I will also always love just David Byrne just yelling James Brown. <laughs> Yes. It's so funny to me. <laughs> uh, so wonderful. I love that's actually one of my favorite parts. I, I think it's wait. I think Chris Franz actually says that because that's during the Tom Tom Club section. Yeah, well, it is. Tom oh, Tom when they're Club, when they're I'm doing. Cool. Uh, yeah. I just oh, like the James. I love Brown his fucking ad libs. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> James Brown. James Brown. Yeah. He is. <laughs> I wish Godfather a soul, y'all. <laughs> The ladies can do it too. <laughs> I wish he was doing that throughout the entire set. I think that uh, would be yeah, so funny. It, uh, that, the whole <laughs> thing with ad libs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh I think goodness. I think one of the most improved upon songs is uh, "What a Day That Was." Okay. I think mm-hmm. I think the original off of uh, the Catherine Wheel, his uh, the, his uh, production of that Broadway musical or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I loved I like that song a lot. But I think the version in this is one million times better. I think it's just so energetic and fun. Mm-hmm. I I think the uh, just the 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 life they put into it, and I I, I think that this really benefits from it being a, a live production and it being them on tour, um, where they have everything has to be consistent. Everything has to sound kind of similar because they have the same elements. 
and sometimes they can take away all the the instruments or they can add different elements but because it's it all had to be the same and the same performance it it has that consistency which i think it really nice um, i think I think it really lends it credence. And I I think because it's so consistent, I think that's why a lot of these are the same better versions than their than their originally recorded ones, you know? That's how I feel about Swamp. I, I love it. I think it's great. But you're, you're like wow. you're talking about the energy and just the stage presence and the fun that you have listening to it, watching it perform is how I feel about Swamp. That, that's my favorite. That the ending of Slippery People, where they just he's they just bang on the drums and let mm. the drums ring out, and it sounds like gunshots while they're all singing. Mm-hmm. So it's so powerful. It's so incredible. I that made me appreciate the song one million times. More. I'm very excited. I to love see Slippery it again. People. I, I like this. <laughs> Cody, if you're down, come along, please. Uh, when? Um, I'll send you the show time. I don't remember when it is, but I know it's next week. Okay, if I don't have is COVID. Fart? Then. Fart? Oh. <laughs> I love my favorite track. It it might I think it it might be Life During War Time. That's a good one. So and the and the the visuals on the back during it too oh. and and the mm-hmm. oh so good. I love it. Uh, it. It really, it the whole movie. It really is like, like there's been a lot written about this, but like it, it, the journey of the movie, with him like starting as just him, psycho killer. Like, I have a tape I want to play, and just by himself, and then he gets Tina, and they play Heaven, and then Chris comes. Uh, heaven, in, heaven is then, so good. Bro, so okay. Incredible. When you watch it, watch Tina Weymouth's right hand. Okay. Insanity, literally crazy, like. Sal, you want to see crazy this stuff? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Talking Heads concert film is being shown in IMAX over. Like Tina is usually <laughs> like described as like like her her bass playing is like very like simple and that's the power of it. Like she she comes up with these great simple lines, but. She's going crazy on heaven with the way she's plucking with her right hand. Mm-hmm. She's using like she's using three fingers. She's using her thumb and then the two normal fingers and like but she, and it's just crazy to see it in action. Cody, can I read you something really quick? So it's interesting what you were talking about with the IMAX and how the blurry edges, etc. Because um, IAG just put out a 10 out of 10 review for this on Letterboxd. And the whole thing is about how good the IMAX looks <laughs> and how he writes that the remastered rounded off any of the rough edges to the original cut. The edits and visuals are much cleaner and had more work done than I was anticipating to help with the overall timing and flow. And the color correction of 4K work That's really crazy. made the lighting pop. That's I'm the lighting did look really good. I will admit that it it made me feel like I was in the audience. Mm-hmm. It really did bring a a level of like, uh, um, uh, contrast to it. I just uh, maybe I'm a sucker for just the the old analog look and that kind of grainy. I agree. Because you know it's it's an '80s yeah. movie. It, it's it's supposed to kind of look nostalgic. The time so capsule. That's something part of it. I guess I was just. Yeah, I yeah. I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, the moment, like that, this movie captures is like, 
I mean, it's it's crazy to think like when when I watch this movie, not only am I thinking of just how great like the Talking Heads show is at this time, but like the show Prince was put on with like him and the the Revolution. Is that the name? Did I just fucked that up. Is I think that's the name. You know, there there there's a concert film from a year previous to this of Prince that he broadcasted across the world, and it's like. I've I've watched it. It's like fantastic, phenomenal. Like there, the this this like this is a nut. This is like the crown jewel of those like high energy like eighties pop groups and like the party. My mom, um, we were going through my attic uh, maybe a year ago at this point, and she found upstairs in the attic um, two tickets with uh from her and my dad seeing prince from like the 80s which is no awesome way. yeah she, she got them like laminated it was really cool <laughs> I... that's great yeah she was like how much do you think we could sell these for i'm like keep those what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> my dad showed me this one of of like some rem ticket he had from the 80s nice i was like so jealous <laughs> Do you guys want to get into um, true stories and follow David Byrne to his directorial debut? Yes, I'd love okay. to. Um, Cody, do you, do you since you were the one that saw it um, in theaters? Do you want to give a rating for it? Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I think it's an obvious ten mm-hmm. out of ten. It 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 just really truly is like it, the perfect narrative without any words being having to spoke. It's just the it's so emotion it so emotional, so uh, so so great. That's funny at times, and just the music is is perfect. It's just it's 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 a perfect movie, really. Ten out of ten. I'm very excited 10, to rewatch actually. it. Actually, I, I, I will uh, next week when we record. I'll let you guys know how I felt. But, um, I did. The, this movie is also uh, the old versions of ten too, still. If anyone was wondering, the old version I don't have a rating for, but I remember really enjoying it. Oh, so it's it's a it's a little different. It's missing two songs. Well, that was another thing. The I was just reading that there's adds, extended songs in this new one. Yeah, yeah. It adds cities, cities, and um, and it adds big business slash Izimbra, which is crazy. Izimbra is so the good. Izimbra, I know. So fucking good. The, that's, yeah, what, what it makes was, me more excited. Man, hell yeah! I'm trying to find this um this uh little 40 second promo from A24 to show you guys because it's I it, it just makes me smile. It's so cute. Oh, I found it. I, found it. I hope it's still here. I love that you know he starts. I, I love how. I love the end image of Burn, where his hair is just completely soaked and he's taken off the big suit, mm-hmm. and, and he's like he's just completely drenched in sweat, like, ragged, doing this and haggard. <laughs> I, I, he was in shape at, at the very mm-hmm. least, if he didn't lose hella weight. He, I mean, he actually. He fit that big suit before him, but he was dancing so <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, when the tour started, he actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the suit fit him. Oh, I love I Sorry, I'm just watching this. It's so cute. I love it so much. 
it's oh. so sweet. You gotta watch all the way to the end. I even just like the way they put the credits in. It's just so cute. I love it. It's been here a while. Alrighty, yeah. So um, David Byrne continued in the filmmaking scene for at least one more little project, and he directed it. And it's True Stories from 1986, which was Cody's recommendation for the week. Um, we watched it, and we want to talk about it. So, Cody, your recommendation. Take us into it. Oh, oh goodness, guys. I don't know. I don't know where to start. Um, uh, th- this is just, uh, it's, it's not a usual, uh, movie to even, like, talk about. Just because it's, it's, not that it's, like, so, uh... Uh, odd, you know, because it it is it is a very straightforward movie, and it almost like stop making sense. It does almost feel kind of like a concert, because it is like you know based off an album or not based off an album, but there is an accompanying album. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, if you guys haven't listened to True Story, you should go do that. It's a great movie. Uh, it follows uh, a small little town in Texas as they throw what is it there. Uh, not by centennial and just all the weird little characters very, and oddities uh, that come very across vibey movie and, not uh, so much john goodman yeah it's just it's a great hangout movie because you get i love like the sprawling landscapes he'll show <laughs> just while he's narrating it uh do you guys, no. do you guys know that show how to with john wilson oh mm-hmm. oh you I told me about that it's it do you it's get, do you get what i'm saying where it's like yeah, 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 it's it where it's it's these kind oh. of like almost transcendental transcendental images with almost like a, a some kind of profound narration that kind of makes you think about it and reflect on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's going over the like the the um. Mm-hmm the double garage houses like they don't have a front door it, they have like yeah. two doors on each side of the house and but they're just two massive garages and there's some like well it's like not many people not it's it must be really strange mm-hmm. for the first people who move out here you do a good trees are so burn. tiny or so, like, <laughs> so do you cody not to undermine your intro oh thank you <laughs> No, Turner. I, well, you got to redub my entire intro. <laughs> I, I just did that. Okay. Excellent. Um, one, the, I like, the, you know, the camera work's not something to be like, oh, wow, the camera work is really good. But it's framed framed very, very well. Um, the set design is fantastic, and I love the use of color. I'm big on color in movies. Um, I, I, uh, the, one example, I just the scene where um, John Goodman, who you guys are going to think I'm crazy, I didn't even know was in this. <laughs> until I turned it on, which was a nice surprise. And to oh. see him sing is, is was very cute. I liked it a lot. Um, but uh, him, it was so when good. he's you know trying to find love and he's talking to the girl in the living room, and just the use of color in that scene and just everything just looks so good. <laughs> and again, get the Criterion for this because the 4K it's, and it's... the new restoration is so good. I can't explain it without you looking at it. It is so crisp. It's kind of so. it's it's got like a Wes Anderson vibe almost. It is. It is. I feel. I'm sure that did kind of 
uh, the uh, the driving mind. scenes with David Robo. Byrne reminded me very much. Um, of, like, I I do. Astro it is. A, it's a beautiful that. movie. Just yeah. Yeah, like the fate. Yes. Like uh, intentional, like artificial yep. nature of it. Yeah. Cute movie. I I really think this movie is like like the starting point and inspiration for like a lot of stuff. Like I feel, it's kind of like you can listen to the Velvet Underground and go, "Oh, someone used that and that mm-hmm. and that." And you can do that. I love the use of too, I feel like the Talking Heads original tracks in this film. Like I, it just it bought me like a big smile. Like I, I so for some reason, incredible. one that really stood out to me, which you guys might not feel the same, but I love in the beginning when they're in like the factory and the guy just starts singing Radiohead and like. I don't know. I thought that was really wholesome and really cool and well used. Um, I I love that. I love when they're doing yes. wild wild life in the in the karaoke bar or the lip sync bar. Mm, yeah, I I lo- I think that's such a, like a, a beautiful like it's 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 like all these people well, just coming together and just singing and having head fun. Song ever. It's so wholesome. Um, I so love cute. Dream Operator. I so much um, and. I thought it was used really well here, but another thing, just how creative David Byrne is, and even when it comes to a different art form like filmmaking, the intentional choices that he makes are just really unique. Like even you immediately, <laughs> you want to talk about intentional? Do you do you guys want to know something about the filmmaking? Sure. Almost every extra you see in the background mm-hmm. of this movie. You remember in the mall when there's the twins? Yes. Almost every extra in this movie is a twin. Is what? Mm-hmm is a twin oh if you pay attention to the it's it's sets of twins wow what's the purpose for that i don't know i have no is idea. it just just him being david burr i think so yeah, okay <laughs> yeah david burr i think it'd be really funny uh... well what i was saying was you know immediately after the scene where you hear dream operator and uh it's this it, i i think it went on a little too long but it's this emotional kind of scene about you know growing up etc blah blah and told between with the fashion show and everything um and then it cuts to david byrne driving in his car Mm -hmm. talking you can hear on the radio an instrumental rendition of dream operator it's just i really yes i love those little details and i I think they add so much and especially from someone like him you know it's there for a reason and it's it, it, it really added a lot to me i thought that was very cool I, I love how how some of the score influences and like mixes in with uh-huh. the songs, or how it'll be like the the melodies of some of the songs. It all plays with the music so mm-hmm. well. I haven't I haven't seen Stop Making Sense in many years, but I I really liked how the music was utilized in this, and I thought it was a very clever idea for a story based concert film. I liked that a lot. Um, so. I know I'm going to watch Stop Making Sense and be like, okay, well, that was so much better. But I, right now, I did really enjoy this. <laughs> well, uh, this movie, I, I it's actually, it, it feels like the, like, most natural yeah. music. I mean, they're both ever. completely different beasts as movies, and they're going to be great no. in their own aspects. Um, but mm-hmm. I did really like how the music was used in this. Sometimes it did kind of feel a little... Um, you know, I'm David Byrne. I wrote a song. I'm gonna put it in this scene because I'm David Byrne and I wrote he's, this song. Hey, he's but, just being quirky. You know, he's just being quirky. Yeah, but I loved, I loved John Goodman singing at the end. It was so cute. Was, <laughs> it was great. I love John Goodman so much. John Goodman's one oh of my, my favorite. God. actors. He looks so different in this movie. 
he he is so he's like, so cute he's, he's very he looks sweet. like a panda bear. i love him in the in the little um that intro. like the psychic like room where he's in his suit and he's just like i just want to find love and the guy's like i can tell you have such a big heart i was like oh this is so sweet <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful <laughs> you know it's that's uh that's why he's got yes. that's the like mystic guy uh-huh. right no who says that you know who that is that's papa staples Wow, like the Staples singers like Mavis Staples, and then nice. see, it's cool to talk about these is. kind of movies with you guys because yeah. you guys know all. There's these so many things. awesome. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah, there's. I didn't catch him. I still have never caught where he is in this movie. There's this singer songwriter guy named Terry Allen who's like mm-hmm. a contemporary of like Towns Van Zant, like those outlaw country guys, and he's in this. He actually does one of the songs too. Um, but I I don't know where he yes. is in this. I love the cast. That like there's ton so many like well, I love the little yes. characters too. As like I love the idea of the world's laziest woman. It's not because she just doesn't want to do anything. It's because she's too rich to do anything. Like I like that kind of stuff. Cool little character things. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost there. Um. Yeah. Take it away, guys. Let me tell tell me more. <laughs> and there's, I love the the lying woman. <laughs> Every time her she opens her mouth it is funny, the crazy lies she tells. Oh, <laughs> she that was such a do such you, a great you... through line throughout the whole movie. I loved it. I forget, but but she'd always she, say I, like she I, was a I wrote Billy Jean person like <laughs> yeah I wrote I half of Elvis's songs too so <laughs> funny <laughs> it has such a love for like America it, it's yes and like this is like this is David yes Burns, but it's also like, his critique of America to America which is cool and it's very like. It is. It's very, yeah. And it's very like Warhol in a way, because he's like, yeah, you need to like embrace the like consumerism stuff, like, like yeah, eat cornflakes, drink Coca Cola, like that's American, but like then there's also, he's not mm-hmm. he's not so much like that. That's like Warhol, but he has his own way of being like that. I feel like like look around you and appreciate like. The weird I'm, so, I'm just so happy you guys told me that I it's it's, it's, it's ugly sorry, green light. My, my everyone look like they're sick. I'm just excited. <laughs> I like that song a lot. It's no, it is good. it's so it's very observational, and I think it's because David Byrne is just so unbelievably autistic <laughs> that he just looks at things and has such a such a, he's got like a take on everything. You know, he's like, oh, do, oh, isn't that isn't that weird how these cans of mustard. Look, he's so sweet. The same way, he and he'll he'll really he'll he'll make some profound statement about something so small, and it like it's because he's such a weirdo and and such a he like he is the hipster kind of ideal, um and he 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 has such an appreciation of the small things that I think rubs off on you, and rubs yes, off. And on then you people. have someone like John Goodman who is endlessly yes. charismatic well, yeah, it, and. His character like the, looks at the world in the same viewpoint, and it's just a very 
sweet, wholesome, rewatchable little movie. The version of Radiohead that they sing near the end. So good. Is like one of my, just one of the best things ever recorded. It's so awesome. That's what you actually, you mentioned like how this is, this movie kind of feels like, mm-hmm. like David Byrne really, like this is David Byrne's movie. Like he had, this is, he's as like, he has complete yes. control of everything in this movie. And, and, and I, I was, and I was reading some about, David Byrne has this concept kind of that he like constructs a world and has a role for people to play in the world and that this movie is like the most successful attempt at Mm -hmm. that that he's ever done because he just got like because because well because he just picked all the right people and they're like like everyone's so in it even so my dad introduced me to this movie like he he told me like years ago you, you know what's a movie like you should watch your inspiration true stories because you're very into this kind of music and I, I was just curious how you got into it and i was wondering all that kind of stuff so it's cool to hear that your dad showed you yeah it was, yeah. I like got into the like Psycho Killer. Like I really liked that song by the, the Talking Heads. Was like the first song I I heard from them. Was like, ooh, that's good. Yeah, the big one. And then and that, but this movie is kind of what made me really dive deep into the Talking Heads. What? Never mind. And yeah, it was, and that was because of my dad. It's cool. And. And, but even so, he, well, he when I was rewatching it for the podcast, he came in and he said, "The thing about this movie is that everyone gets it. Everyone that was working on it got it. Like they understood what needed to oh, yeah. be done." And and yeah, Hell and yeah. David Byrne got it done. All right, I mean, you guys got anything else to say about the movie? Alrighty, um, yeah, uh, good little wholesome movie. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely rewatch it eventually down the line. I'm very excited to watch Stop Making Sense whenever I see it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm a. Yeah, I should. I should. I, I I might be able to go see it. It's a little far away, but it'll yeah, be a little it. bit of a drive. But yeah, same here. But I'm gonna do it. It's worth it. Do it for David. Right. Do it for David. I should. But... I should do it for David. I'm gonna give this one a solid seven out of. 10. It was a good movie. Give this one a nine. I'm also giving it a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, it, Tara, I thought this it's, was gonna be a ten. It's really close. It you know, you mentioned it, so I didn't feel like I need to bring it up. I was saying sometimes I'll just watch some movies and like as soon as it starts, right. I'll be like, "Oh, Cody's gonna give this ten. Oh, Turner's gonna give this and ten. Then, like, it's just, it's just I that, know it. that. You said it. The the fashion. The fashion. <laughs> oh, John's gonna show. give this like a two. <laughs> the fashion show is so good. It it's awesome, but it sometimes mm-hmm. like it went on for a while. It goes on for I a while. still haven't completely fallen in love with it. I've all yeah. and I've just felt that way. But that's also like it's David Burns kind of I being do, a that's, little. That's a thing. I like accept like it. Like I'm never gonna sit there and complain 
about it. Yeah. I'll just use it to mm. get up and fill my water glass or something. I don't know. <laughs> I would like to live in his head for a day. I'm on the six dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i have a i have a question for you guys have you guys been watching anything recently do you want me to talk about shay now then yeah sure talk about shay again okay i'll pull up my recently watched yeah i watch oh book ending all the movies i watched for this podcast, I watched Shea Part 1 and 2 by Steven Soderbergh. we got to give Cody some of your information <laughs> yeah. while he's and, dying. I bed. mean, they're phenomenal. Like, just really, like, solidly, like, written, flow well, edited well. You know, just tell just tell them the story of Shea Guevara, these two military campaigns by Shea Guevara. Kind of his rise and fall. And and the second one is like it pretty much all takes place in the jungles of Bolivia. Interesting. So really, he's only hit so far for me. Yeah. Really? Great. I what were the Soderbergh? I say well both Shays. Well I I gotta say one of the Shays Shay Part Two, perfect perfect movie. Yeah, we yeah, about yeah, Logan yeah, Lucky yeah. is one. No Sudden Move I really loved. I was actually about to watch Ocean's Eleven uh, the other night. Didn't he remake he Solaris? Make, like that awful Sol- remake? I haven't seen, I, see, I haven't seen Solaris or anything. I, I've seen Ocean's right. Eleven, which I liked, mm. you know, of course, pretty much. Magic Mike XXL. Yeah, see, I haven't seen any of any magic mics. Yeah. Hell magic yeah! Mics. I saw twenty minutes of the new one. That's all I've seen. <laughs> Is this about Franz Kafka? No. But okay, all right, Turner, okay. we have to talk about this. I watched something a few weeks ago, and I briefly mentioned this to you, but I finally got around to watching Freddy Godfinger, yeah. and I finished it. Why is this in your top four favorite movies? It's so time? funny. Why? It's it's the logical it's the How? logical endpoint for two thousands gross out comedy humanity. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the endpoint. It's the final chapter. <laughs> it, it that is the most baffling Look, movie I've ever seen in my life. The the amount of times where I just sat there and my jaw was dropped. I I, I really watching. don't think you would believe how big of a grin I get on my face when he's swinging that baby by its umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> but I I want to watch it with you because I need I need to hear your commentary because it is nuts. That movie was insane. I laughed once because it was so absurd. I laughed when he bought the. He went over to the wheelchair girl's apartment, and he and she, she she was like wanted to have sex with him, and he was like okay, and he started like have sex with her. She's like no, I want you yeah, to just with the beat bamboos. the shit out of me with a stick. And they hit her. And like it was, it just I thought that was funny because it was just like what? Like it just, I don't know. It just it it just took me so out of left field, and I, and I laughed. But that was it. Face. 
every everything else i just i i it was like there were no jokes in the movie it was just see random scenes of nothing and that was the joke like even in the intro like he's just driving a car and then he pulls over to jack up a horse and then goes back in the car like where where is the joke there's no joke it's just like why did so that you would say those exact words just like that john proud proud Proud. It was, proud. I was so confused. Proud. <laughs> and like the main plot of the movie also doesn't happen until there's only 20 minutes left in the movie. Like that's that's when he starts the rumor of his father. There's only 20 minutes left in the movie. I, I was just I was so confused and just I I just I don't know. The most baffling film I've ever seen. I can't even I, I don't think I could like rate it like I gave it a 2 out of 10 but I feel like it doesn't it defies yeah. a rating because it's not a, it's not a movie <laughs> it's just random scenes with no payoff and no beginning no middle or end <laughs> there's hey that every scene I don't know paid I, just, I needed to hear your opinion on it <laughs> I mean the like think about I'm, the conversation know, between Riptorn and Gor- the proud with the you're not getting the coolest on that name bus. Ever, but dad, you bought me a, a ticket to this bus to California. Like, like no, we bought you a McLaren, son. <laughs> what? It's a, Gorf gets a freaking so McLaren? Like, I love his, bro- Fred, his brother, Freddy. It's so funny. And then, and then even like, okay, here's here's another thing. This is what I'm trying to explain. Like, so you you can talk about the baby scene where he's swinging the baby around and they build court, and you can laugh because like, I guess that concept is funny, but that's the joke, right? But then all of a sudden, these random old ladies just whip out these ancient instruments and just start <laughs> doing like these rituals, and it's just like, why? How? What's the joke? Where did they get? The, I, it's just like I don't understand it at all. <laughs> no like am i just dumb because people give this like 10 out of 10s and they think it's a satirical masterpiece of filmmaking am i I missing something it's it's the logical extreme for 2000s (laughs) gross out movies yeah that that's what it it is the it's the gross out movie to end all gross out movies really and and like tom how excited would you be if i got tom green on this podcast my shit Look, that man is so interesting, <laughs> even outside of that movie. I think we should do it. I tune in every once in a while to his Instagram live oh, yeah. streams of him just playing piano and talking about his he, cats. Well, you I know, think it's so, like, the, it, it really it. is, I, looking into the story and history of the of Frey Fingered is really rewarding and I think adds a lot. Because what the, think about think what it is, about is, is like, <laughs> he... Tom Green was this like relative this pretty successful like viral sensation essentially in the early 2000s with the bum bum song <laughs> like, well, he had like a hit like prank show on and he had like public access shows okay. in Canada and stuff he was he was wasn't he, he was also like involved he, no, in a bunch of like writing for shows okay and... yeah like like he he was well he was just he was like the Eric Andre precursor completely essentially i'm just thinking of like, he'd go out and do like man on the street type stuff and he and 
and like fuck with people on the street pretty much and and he got popular doing that and this was like you know around like jackass time like that's how john john do you know who was married to drew barrymore he was (laughs) yes that is Is why she's in the movie is her his because that was such a random i thought (laughs) it was just a cameo and i was very confused i think too i think they're already married by then so when did they? Boy, I can't imagine them. Yeah, so when did like that like 2002. Yeah, it was <laughs> a long relationship. Nice. I saw a great letterbox review for Eddie Godfinger, and it just said the <laughs> consequences of 9/11. <laughs> that was really and, funny. And and like so so Tom Green, what happened? Which happened to like a lot of comedians back in the 2000s was they handed them. A bunch of money to make a movie like think dave chappelle and i forget his name nick whatever who made half-baked kind of thing like and mm-hmm. like so the studio just gave tom green all this money to make a movie and he was like okay i'm going to like like because they 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 gave him final cut they gave him complete creative control of it and said just make us something and he was like anything and they said yeah anything and so he made Frey got fingered someone posted I'm sorry I'm listening but someone someone posted the entire script (laughs) (laughs) like word for word and I'm just reading through it and like I just imagine being on set and someone gave you this and said we're gonna make this like all I see right now is just listen to my hooves, listen to my hooves, listen to them choppity chop, listen to them choppity chop. That's totally zebras some in America. Shit that, would, that would like like what? That would be on Adult Swim though. The hooves, my hooves, my hooves, I, I, my hooves. <laughs> see, like when you talk about it, it's funny. I'd have sex with a strange man. I'd have sex with basketball players. I would have sex with Greeks, men from Greece, to satisfy my urges. I'd satisfy sexual desires. Gordy, honey, come on, let's go in the house. Like, what? Like, this is the dialogue. Tell me felt about that cameo. If this were Pakistan, you'd be sewing soccer balls when you're four years old, you miserable deadbeat punk. Can you do it like this? Can you do it like this? I pierce my nipples for you. (laughs) I would love to talk about this movie. I gotta today. really prepare oh. myself. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, aside from that, um, again, I've been going through my 2023 watch list. Um, I watched El Conde, uh, the new oh, Netflix yeah. vampire movie, um, and it was okay. It was strange with like Augustus Pinochet as a vampire, which was interesting. Um, I saw Haunting in Venice. It was very boring, and I guessed the killer 10 minutes in, so I was proud of myself. Um, But the highlight of my watching since last episode, I watched... um, I've been going through the filmography of... What's his name? Um, Pedro uh, Almodovar. Almodovar? He did, like, Women on the Verge. Um, He's that, right? Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, Which I watched, and I just watched All About My Mother, and I thought it was really good. Like, I, I gave it a 7. I think I'm actually going to give it an 8. Um, really good movie. So if you have the chance to watch that, I thought it was pretty damn yeah. good. But that was really it. I also, this was kind of earlier in the month, I watched uh, this movie called Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, which is about this this runaway 
like gang member essentially bank robber whatever he's running from his people and a young troublemaker who steal who you see steal car at the beginning beginning of the movie and they just kind of like it shows them and their adventures and it's clint eastwood and a young jeff bridges mm-hmm. 1974 mm. it's just like a great solid like action movie from the 70s with like car oh. stunts Nice. And and if you look, Jeff Ready? Bridges. Uh, have you ever seen Jeff Bridges Young? It is uncanny. Yes. It's like weird. Yeah, he's he's a like like he was meant to be over thirty. <laughs> wasn't wasn't he in Tron? Yes. <laughs> I just see him as yeah, the kid. Exactly. Yeah, the dude is man. so like when you think of Jeff Bridges, the dude is so like. You know, that's Jeff Bridges to so many people. I think about him bald in Iron Man. <laughs> bald in what? In Iron Man? <laughs> in Iron Man. Nice. <laughs> Tony Stark built this in box. a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps. Well, there's some movies for you, Cody, to watch while you're currently dying. Please don't die. We we don't want. Thank that. you guys. I'll I'm gonna go I'm gonna go yeah. eat some soup and and watch all these Hell movies. Yes. You guys want to do a sure. one more question? Yeah. And we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, this one actually comes from my mom. Oh. <laughs> um, <gasps> she's just kind of curious. Um, she just saw Dumb Money, which I haven't seen yet, but I will. Um, and she wants to know. How much dramatization is added to true story movies, and how much does it change the reality of what actually happened? Um, I guess that depends on the film, but there are story, there are examples of like bad dramatizations that are kind of like to me something that comes to mind. Did you ever watch the um, that Paul Greengrass movie about the Norway shooting from mm-hmm. a few years ago? Well, it's just very, like, um, he missed the entire point of why that whole thing was, like, bad in the first place. Like, because with Norway or something, like they, they don't have a death penalty and they don't really have, like, extreme consequences for people that commit heinous crimes like that. And Paul Greengrass just didn't include that. Like, in the movie, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're going to go to prison for the rest of their lives. Everything's fine. Everybody's happy. Um which kind of takes away from the entire point of the real life event and why it was such a tragedy so i think dramatization like that is not good so i can really think of examples like like a bad dramatization but i don't really know how to answer the question fully (laughs) um i mean i think with any i mean you know true life movie or whatever you're you're gonna have it most people are gonna add some some you know uh drama anyway you're gonna it's 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 in the name dramatization where you have to add some screenwriting you have to add either maybe a plot or you have to turn some specific people into one character and fold them into one trait or embellish some events or make some events happen on the same days or something no matter what some things are gonna have to change just to make it work as a movie you know mm-hmm you guys, uh, have you guys ever seen Catch Me mm. If You Can? Yes. Do you know that guy lied about all of that? 
Really? I mean, not just, not just like, yeah. He, he, he well, came that, out and was like, like, oh, no, adds no, literally to none the of movie that. for me, though. Because the character <laughs> is, that's kind of the, the character. Yeah. Just a pathological liar that, <laughs> you know, gets what he wants by doing that. So got it a, makes got sense. Got a movie made about like, him by doing nothing. The, yeah, and, well, I mean, how a story is presented is important. And, and like, if it's a real-life story... Yeah, so Mars Scorsese's new movie, The Killers of the Flower Moon, I found, is going to be told from the perspective of the Osage, like from an Osage. Well, I didn't even know that was it based is, off of yeah. the true story. And, but the, the book it's based oh, on is, is, is from the perspective of an FBI agent who, like, investigated the killings. And, and so... So already, that's two degrees of separation from what, you what know, actually happened. Yeah, so, happened, so it's know? like, I mean, you know, the facts. I mean, the facts are the facts, but even the way it's presented, the lens that you view the facts through. You know, like Mars Scorsese very intentionally didn't want to tell it from the perspective of some government, like Fed, federal agent, <laughs> and. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, the uh, when facts are changed in a true story or even just the perspective, it can, it can, I, it can change it drastically. It really, the whole, it, that's like the base, the foundation, I guess, is the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The rock. <laughs> the rock. You know when that was when that was yeah, first added into Fortnite, I was convinced that during some like season end thing that they were gonna have a meteor hit the statue, which they did had something did hit the statue. I think this is so random, yeah. but <laughs> but I thought. Next week we'll be reviewing the new to hit the helmet of, and, and it was going, like, cr- just the helmet was going to crumble away, and it revealed the rock's head, and he would be, like, raising his eyebrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Under there. Look, Sal, he's going to get blown up and die. Sorry, he's uh-huh. watching Big Hero 6. He's going to get hit and die. But yeah, so I, I I was convinced that The Rock was gonna. I don't know why. Why did I even say that? What triggered that? <laughs> well, Fortnite. I that's right. The foundation. Fortnite. Fortnite's always on my. I need mind. to play. I haven't played in like two seasons, maybe. Let's mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. I know you've been a busy boy. All right. Um. Let's do one more. I gotta, I gotta reread this other one because it was a little confusing. Okay, interesting. So this comes from Van. If you could remake any movie to be more comic book like, which would you make? And it doesn't have to be a hero movie, just a movie you'd remake to be more like a comic book style. Hmm. Um. Fight Club. <laughs> well, I feel like Fight Club uh, would work Fight... as like a like a graphic novel type thing. Fight Club Two is a graphic novel. Oh really? Yeah. There's a two. 
Yeah, and it's it's a graphic novel. I want to say it's from the same writer, Chuck. What's his name? Really? Where do they go with that? Uh, um, I haven't read it, but I do really, really want to read That's interesting. It. Yeah, Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> That's crazy. I really got to watch this. I'll have to look at it. Sick. What about I... you? I think it's, really, uh, it is. it's a hard question. <laughs> Stop making sense. The For comic. some reason, <laughs> I, the first one that came to my like, I was looking at like movies I'd seen recently, and I saw, I saw Poultry Geist. I was like, that make that yeah. make for a great that, little, that would work. like that would really comic work for sure. Oh, I did also watch a, uh, The Nun Two, oh. and it was very bad. Just throw me. <laughs> Uh, oh. Uh. Mm. Um. God. What would I turn into a? Yeah, I watched this movie a couple uh, months ago. It's called Party Girl, and it's okay. it has like Parker Posey, and it's about this girl, and she like she gets arrested, and then she like gets a job at a. It's kind of like a hangout movie. You know, like, it's just kind of like stuff mm-hmm. happens and the characters, like, react. But I think it'd work really well as a comic, like a like ghost story. Or, go- not ghost story, ghost world. Kathy. Well, yeah, okay, I was thinking ghost world, but that was yeah, already a it, it thing, was right? a, Yeah, ghost world was literally a comic. Yeah. What oh, about, like, ooh, um... Ooh. Uh, yes, I, yeah, that would work as a great one. Like cool. anything that like you feel like will have been talked in a zine, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like could work with a for a comic. And I know like the execution in the film is kind of already comic booky. I'm just it's just a hard question, so I'm trying to think of things, but. I would read like a comic book graphic novel style of a scanner darkly, even though it kind of already is. But what about you, Cody? Give me some. They cloned Tyrone, but as oh hell yeah, a, that's a as good a answer. pulp novel, a as pulp a pulp novel. novel. That's a good answer. That's good. Pulp fiction. Oh yeah, that would work. Any Tarantino movie could kind of be turned into like a. Comic book graphic. Well, novel. his his movies are yeah. so sort of like visual. Mm-hmm. Speed Racer. Maybe Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Leon the Professional. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the Paddington right. movie children books, children book adaptations? Oh, hell yeah. With illustrations. I agree. Like... I agree. Do you know I own every really? Paddington book? I do. I have a collection. He's my child. I have to own them. Did you Did you ever go to McDonald's to get the Paddington books that they were giving out? No. <clears throat> I'm very sad. I want them. But... He's my son, and he's doing good. He's he's doing good in the big world. He lives with the Browns. All right, let's uh, 
let's hear your recommendation oh, for yes. Mr. Turner, and we'll, we'll wrap up here. This one's a real curveball. I'm gonna I'm recommending the oh, Glenn no. Miller story. Um starring James Stewart, directed oh, by Miller Anthony Stewart. Mann, released in nineteen fifty four. And I've it's, never heard of this before. It's a super. I love James Stewart. It, from what I can tell, I'm sure it's not the first one, but it's the earliest musical biopic I've ever found. And it, does James Stewart sing? Maybe. It? I know Glenn Miller. Okay. I, yes, oh, you've never I seen this. Seen this? I just know of its existence. Oh, cool. So I'm like, I don't know how good it is. It's pretty well respected, you know, James Stewart. You know, it came in a four pack of James Stewart movies I bought one time that has like Vertigo in it or whatever. So, yeah. All right, cool. Well, if you don't want to be spoiled for um, the Glenn Miller story, the Glenn Miller story from 1954, which from what I'm seeing, it is available on YouTube. Um, watch it by next time because we're going to talk about it and it should be pretty cool. So, thanks for recommending yeah. that one. Um, is that it? All right, right. cool. Yeah, good episode, Class everybody. D- dismissed. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yes. Oh, hell yeah. The new Spy Kids came out. Let's watch it for next week. <laughs> I forgot that was happening. Yeah, me too. Alrighty. Um, yeah, so we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. And uh, look at my hooves. My hooves! <laughs> <laughs> Stupid!